Because I wasn't doing a motherfucking thing before I was born. <laughs> Shit was so bad where I'm from, I don't even remember where it is. All I remember was a billion of us motherfuckers trying to get born at the same time. Tiny scrotum. Billions of them motherfuckers. Some of them was bigger than me, some littler. But I knew I wasn't going to make it without telling a joke. I told a joke while them motherfuckers was laughing, I shot right to the pussy. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Ah, those speedy Alka-Seltzer bubbles burst into action to relieve your upset stomach and aching head fast. It was only as directed. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. Another public service announcement from Real Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's just good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, hey, hey, good evening and welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Chester Radio. What? Fucking right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Chester Radio. Coming to you this Thursday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Such a pleasure to have you to home. Sit. Make yourself comfortable. Yo, yo. All right. Such a show we have for you this evening. Don't fuck with that dial. We got uh, Van Morrison and Phil Oaks and Bobby Darren and God knows what all. That's right. 
You heard me. Bobby Darren. Plus, we're going to look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. It is Thursday. Uh, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2008. I'm enjoying a lovely cup of tea. Oxidants be damned. Time now to uh, turn our attention to the headlines. Both houses of Congress endorsed the idea of tax increases for millions of Americans today. As Democrats pressed ahead with budget plans that would allow some or all of President Bush's reductions to die after he leaves office. I mean, they're just raising the taxes back up to what it was before. Not that I'm even supportive of taxes, but the fucking moron reduced the taxes and then, you know, raised the fucking budget. How does that make sense? He calls the Democrats tax and spend, but, you know, the Republicans are just spend and spend. All three major presidential candidates interrupted their campaigns to cast votes. And you know why? Because the kind of motherfuckers these people are, they live on permanent credit. They don't even know the di- where they're... Uh, the, the, they have so much AAA credit that they don't even know where their estate ends and their credit begins. That's how the, that's how the, the, the ultra-elite rich live. They live on extended credit. They don't pay as they go. The candidates also, you think when fucking Queen Isabella or whoever's the fucking Queen of England checks into the uh, um, uh, into the Waldorf Astoria, Manhattan, she pays up front. She charges a bill maybe worth tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have to have a little uh, uh, purse just to have somebody like that come and you know stay with you. Candidates also wanted a chance to vote for a one-year ban on pork barrel projects. Though the uh, late-night Senate effort uh, doomed the defeat, the practice of inserting earmarked spending into legislation is seen as a birthright by lawmakers in both parties and a right under the power of the purse awarded by Congress, uh, uh, to Congress, I should say, by the Founding Fathers. In other words, the power of the purse that the Founding Fathers gave Congress um, have led the individual members of the Congress to believe that they have a right to insert special interest funding into bills. They tack them on to the end of bills that have nothing to do with the funding, and they call these earmarks. And really what they are, they're just little favors they're doing for people, a a bridge for a million dollars here or a new civic center for a half a million dollars there. As for the $3 trillion federal budget plans, the House version would provide generous increases to domestic programs, but bring the government's ledger back into the black by letting all of Bush's tax cuts expire at the end of 2010 as scheduled. That five-year plan passed the House on a 212 to 207 vote with Republicans unanimously opposing it over what they argued was a $683 billion in tax increases. So, yeah, of course, if you keep lowering the taxes, at some point you have to raise them back up again to raise the coffers. Either that or figure out another way to tax... Americans, other than income tax. But when the government needs more money, when the government's spending more money than it has, it has to do one of two things. Difficult decisions. Spend less money, charge more taxes. This practice of spending more money and not charging more taxes or spending more money and charging less taxes and spending tomorrow's, spending your grandchildren's money, that doesn't work for the blue-collar American people. That works for 
this uh, kind of uh, billionaire mentality elite. Doesn't work for you and me. The body of a Chaldean Catholic archbishop was found in a shallow grave in northern Iraq today, two weeks after he was kidnapped by gunmen in one of the most dramatic attacks against the country's small Christian community. The sad discovery of Archbishop Palos Faraj Rajo's body came on a day that saw more violence elsewhere in Iraq. A parked car bomb exploded in a commercial district of central Baghdad, killing 18 people and wounding dozens more. Gunmen also killed five members of an anti-Al-Qaeda group near Tikrit and a correspondent for a newspaper in Baghdad. Pope Benedict the uh, 6th or the 16th, President Bush and Iraq's Prime Minister all deplored the Archbishop's death with the pontiff calling it an inhuman act of violence that offends the dignity of the human being and harms the peaceful coexistence of the dear Iraqi people. On the subject of the other 18 people who were killed in a car bomb, he had nothing to say. Since the U.S.-led invasion in 2003, Iraqi Christians have been targeted by Islamic extremists who label them crusaders, loyal to the U.S. troops. Militants have attacked churches, priests, and businesses owned by Christians. Many Christians have fled the country, a trend mirrored in many dwindling pockets of Christianity across the Islamic world. Rajo, uh, 65, was seized on February 29th, just minutes after he delivered a mass in Mosul, city considered by the U.S. military the last urban stronghold of al-Qaeda in Iraq. Three of Rajo's co companions were also killed. But, again, since they're not part of the, you know, church elite... Who cares? Michigan Democrats are close to an agreement with presidential candidate Senators uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton and Barack Obama to hold a do-over primary. Party officials in the campaigns negotiated uh, today and state Democratic leaders were ho hopeful that an agreement could be reached uh, by tomorrow, according to uh, Democratic officials who spoke on condition of anonymity. To go forward, any plan would require the approval of two campaigns, the Democratic National Committee, state party leaders, and Governor Jennifer Granholm, who's backing Clinton, Michigan Democrats, need to act quickly because the politically divided legislature will have to sign off on the deal and approve how to spend the privately raised funds for the new election. So they're actually going to have a new um, election for all the uh, registered Democratic voters out there to go out and choose their candidate. They're going to do it over again. They're going to pay for it with private funding. Unbelievable. What happened was, um, you know, back in um, last November, uh, all these states wanted to be the first ones since they saw the heat building up on this presidential election. They said, hey, let's be the first uh, people to have our primary instead of, you know, stuck in the, you know, the middle of the spring. No one's going to notice us. So they went ahead and did it. Democratic National Convention said, well, your shit won't count if you do it now. And they said, oh, you're bluffing. And they did it anyway. And the DNC said, fuck you. So now they're going to do it over again. What a joke. Florida looks like is not going to do the do-over. So the, the Florida Democrats are, are fucked out of their, uh, you know, I shouldn't say, I wouldn't say franchise because they're not voting for the president. As you know, we don't get to vote for the president. We vote for people who vote for people who then vote for people. And then somewhere way, way down the line, they vote for the president. So, unfortunately, we just get to pick, you know, the, 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 those, those poor bastards that made it through that gauntlet. But they're not necessarily the best candidates. My best two candidates are gone. 
So, hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown. It's March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2003, and here's what you want to do. You want to pick up the phone, and you want to dial 646-502-8600. Don't worry, it's not one of these porno lines or where they, like, bill you $15 a minute from some funky Bermuda phone line. It's nothing like that. It's just a regular, ordinary downtown uh, New York City uh, telephone. 646-502-8600. However, this one gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. What do you think of that? So if you got something to say, you got something on your mind, you got something that's bothering you, you got something that's eating away at your gizzard, give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Make a request. Talk about the weather in your hometown. Never mind. No talking about the weather. I take it back. Sugarloaf kicks it off this Thursday on Jester Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. You're listening to the ravings of a clown coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
Fine ladies setting sons and lonely lovers free. Sugarloaf on Jest Radio. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown. It's Thursday, March the 13th. And I'm hanging with uh, Bobby behind the glass tonight. How's it going, son? What's going on? Bob the Engineer is uh, sitting in with us for a, for a spell. How you been, boy? Oh, good, man. Working a couple. I worked... Uh... Three, three real long 10-hour shifts the last couple of days. What's with this um, What's with this herb you have today that that, that tastes, <laughs> tastes like, uh, smells like craft uh, macaroni and cheese? Craft cheddar cheese. I don't know, man. Some, some, I got it from some crazy hippie, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> it is delicious. It's lovely. And I'm getting a lovely little buzz awry from it. Yeah, I know. It really, truly is, in my opinion, some of the best herb that's been around in a while. Anything that smells that dank, it smells like craft cheddar cheese, I don't know. Well, you know what I think? Of course, you know who I blame for the lack in quality herb in the past several years. The niggers? No, George Bush, the other people. Ah, uh, always, uh. always blame. It's either the niggers or George. <laughs> but in this case, it's George Bush. And I'm telling you, I think it, almost in, inter- in anticipation, if you will, of the good times ahead mm-hmm. with Barack or Hillary, either one, I think the herb is getting better. Yeah, you know, I think Hillary has cool potential. She has cool potential. Did we you see know, her on- We all know Bill does. I mean, Bill's the shit. Well, Bill, before your time, Bill got on the... Uh, <coughs> I forget this uh, this um, black uh, talk show host. What was his name? Um, the one everyone used to do that thing with the fist in the air. Woof, 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 woof. That was before your time. Yeah. And he was uh, he played Eddie Murphy's uh, assistant in Coming to America. So anyway, he uh, he had a talk show. It was like the big hot show of the uh, year, and uh, Bill Clinton went on and played saxophone. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I do know what you're talking about. I do know that. And it was like, for me, it was like when Nixon went on uh, laughing, you know, and said soccer to me. It was like, it was like, it just blew my mind. So, yeah, I do agree. I think the Clintons have a lot of potential for being cool. Did you see Saturday Night Live with Hillary a couple weeks ago? Uh, they no, were doing a spoof on Hillary, and then Hillary herself walked out, and they let, let, let her do the... Um, uh, live from New York, it's Saturday night. Yeah, Arsenio, thanks, Poe. It's Arsenio Hall that had this TV show. Who says marijuana impairs your memory? Do you even know what that... You know what I did for the first time today? Do you, do you even know who Arsenio Hall is? What? No. No, of course not. He was like the number one talk show host for like 45 minutes. <laughs> What'd you do today? I smoked a joint with my boss. He is a cool motherfucker. Well, of course, you know what question I'm going to ask now, right? What question is that? Come on, what's the question that comes after I smoke the joint with my boss? Your joint or his? Oh, no, not my joint. The other employee's joint. I see. <laughs> I see. So you were just sort of uh, funneled in from the side. Yeah. So another imp- fellow employee was turning on your boss, yeah. They were, and they called you over to get in on the goods. We were doing some masonry work, and he was like, and my boss asked me, he says, "Do you think that joint's too big?" And the other kid says, "I don't think I've ever rolled a joint that that's too big." 
I guess that was his way of saying, let's spark her down. Yeah, and then he says, I'm trying to go get that this, this joint in my car. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And my boss says, well, go get the shit. What the fuck are you waiting for? Really? <laughs> yeah, I was Well, la- there you go. I was laughing my ass off. Well, there you go. Well, like I said, maybe that's tie- the, the uh, signs of uh, the good things to come. Yeah, he's cool. What? He wouldn't want to smoke, and, you know, like during the day and shit. But, like, there was nobody there. It was, like, the last... Oh, yeah. I don't know. A couple well, of bricks that we were about to put in. It it's widely nice known when there's nobody there and it's the last couple of bricks that it's perfectly okay. Reports of sexual assaults in the military declined last year, reversing a trend significant increases over the past several years, according to the draft documents reviewed by Jester Radio. The number of sexual assaults reported by military members in 2007 was 2,688. Not, Jesus not, not, fucking Christ. That's not a lot when you consider there's like a million people in the armed yeah. forces. Actually, that's true. It's Compared still, that's with 2,947 the year before, a decline of about 9%. Officials note, however, that some changes in the data reporting make it difficult to compare numbers. There you go. We, we, we always hear this shit. Whenever there are statistics that the government puts out, they right away say, but we don't know if it's because shit is getting worse or because we changed the way we're counting shit. <laughs> and they don't tell you in what way they changed it. They could say they changed it from a Tuesday to a Thursday, but the number is still the same. They just say we changed it. Yeah. And they don't know what in what way. So it's sort of what it's what's known as um, lying with statistics. Uh-huh. Did you know that uh, over 47% of statistics are made up on the spot? I know. I For example, know that. that just that one, I just reported that just that moment. Really? Was made up. Information about the report was provided by officials on condition of anonymity. This is the fourth year the military has compiled detailed statistics on sexual assaults. The reporting methods have changed each year. Get it? All right. Complicating the efforts to evaluate progress. In other words, how are we supposed to know if it's getting better or worse? If every year they tell us, but we're changing the way we count the numbers. And they don't tell us how. <laughs> how is there a different way? How is there a different way? You to know, count they could the say like, uh, they could say like, for example, we don't count the people who made a report, but then took it back within 24 hours. You know, there's always like some little twist. So uh, you're right. How can they count those numbers? They're pretty straightforward. How, how, yeah, how Either somebody count? fucking tried to slip his hand in your pants or not. How many times did that fucking happen? I agree with you, man. It's absurd. It's obscene. And again, this is another fucking way that we're so tired. We're we're just a nation exhausted of this foul, uh, disgusting manipulation by these people who hold themselves out to be uh, so uh, moral and so ethical. Uh, they uh, They know that the statistics are going up. They know that they're doing nothing about it. So instead, they put out these fuck phony baloney numbers and they put out this obfuscating remark about how, uh, but these numbers, uh, it's hard to tell whether or not things have gotten better or worse because we're changing the way we're counting the numbers. And then they fucking move on and that's what they do with everything. You know, let me tell you something, Bob. I have experience with this type of personality because I have a brother that's this type of personality. Mm-hmm. As you're talking, referring your brother's personality to the United States military? Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. I just yes, I really am. That. Yeah, like, yes, you're absolutely right. My brother's right. personality okay. to that of the Bush administration. And that is that it's this attitude that I'm lying. I know I'm lying. You know I'm lying. 
I know that you know I'm lying, but I'm just going to keep fucking lying because there's nothing you can do about it. It's this kind of bully mentality. Uh, what are you going to fucking do about it? You know, kind of attitude. I'll do it as long as I can get away with it. I'll invade sovereign, foreign, sovereign fucking nations. I'll lie to my fucking uh, people. Your brother invaded foreign, sovereign nations? My brother, man, has done, you know, uh, really uh, uh, unethical and immoral things. Oh, that's... And in the, um, you know, uh, uh, with by rationalizing it uh, very thinly, by saying, oh, yeah, I did it because uh, I have to train the foreign people to protect themselves. And then everybody says, yeah, but six years, you haven't been able to train these people. Yeah, still training. Have a nice day. You know, like, hey, I know I'm lying. You know I'm lying. We all know I'm lying, but what are you going to fucking do about it? I'm in charge here. So, yeah, he would do the same type of thing. Like, for example, whenever somebody came over to do work in his home and he had a magnificent, you know, two yeah. two and a half million dollar house in North Stanford. Connecticut, one of the uh, you know nicest neighborhoods on the planet, okay. And I'm sure when workers came over to his house, they would think to themselves, "Kaching, I'll do a little electrical work here, and I'll do a little plumbing work, and make a nice bill, and I won't have to, you know, uh, beg and plead for my uh, money." No, your brother's a Jew bag. But right? just the fucking opposite. Instead, they were in for the nightmare of their lives. He would find some f tiny flaw and make one up and then refuse to pay and then drag it out and mm -hmm. all the time saying, oh, yeah, he did the uh, thing. He fucked it up. And if somebody were to say to him, for example, say, for instance, me, who constantly did, would say things like, yeah, but what about all the other work, the other $2,000 worth of work he did in your house the whole four days before? You know, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, fuck that. Fuck him. He's not getting a penny. Well, how is that ethical? If he did the work, but he fucked up one hour of shit, why not just fuck him? So why? Because they can. This is the refrain of the Bush administration. Why do we fucking do it? Because we can. Because we're bigger and better than everybody else and fucking stop us. And they think to themselves, hey, man, this is what the Vikings did, and this is what the fucking Huns did, and this is what all the successful campaigns in history, this is how they did it. They didn't give a fuck about a world law. They just did whatever the fuck. So, and, and now they let women in. They didn't do it, by the way, because they wanted to. They did it because <laughs> the fucking, you know, American people demanded them be let in and in military positions. I don't know if you remember back in the 70s and the 80s, this huge debate over whether women should be in battle situations because they had a vagina. They were not, you know, capable of being in battle for, you know, centuries. Many Britons were resigning themselves to more puritanical lifestyles today as they faced the prospect of sin taxes that will increase the cost of alcohol, cigarettes, gas guzzling cars, and potentially plastic bags. This is another great effect that Christianity and its sick mindset of guilt and uh, and redemption um, that it's had in our, and, on society, in that um, society thinks nothing of overtaxing people simply because they do things that the you know that some people think is against God. So if I drink alcohol, I should be unduly taxed because alcohol, um, you know, consumption is a sin. Don't drink or drive, trumpeted the Sun newspaper after Treasury Chief Alistair Darling unveiled the measures 
Yesterday, in the government's annual spending plan, the Labor Party government is hoping that hiking taxes on booze will help curb Britain's binge-drinking culture. But Breakfast Talk Radio was abuzz with callers lamenting the potential death of Britain's pub scene, while the tax hike coming less than a year after the government's imposed a smoking ban in all public places. So this is where the government starts getting too big, when it starts saying nobody can do this, you know. How about just let the um, free market do that? How about just, you know, some restaurants will open up and clubs will open up that are smoke-free? Yeah. And if they don't, it means that there's no fucking money in it. And if there's no money in it and you're forcing people to do it, then that's, that's not liberty. That's not laissez-faire capitalism. That's government intervention. If, you, if the government forces you to do it, even though it's not profitable for you, then that goes against the whole theory of capitalism. And, you know, this, bu- this bullshit about having to, you know, uh, uh, take special care of the people that need it the most, the weakest in society, horseshit. It's okay. We'll provide them with oxygen. They just don't have to go to the bars. So if you're especially sensitive to smoke or you really believe that it causes, you know, cancer, then stay away from the bar. It's your choice. I just don't fucking get it. These people who go whining to the government and say, I want to go out to the bar, but I don't want to have to smell other people's smoke. Can you make a law for me so that I don't have to smell anybody's smoke? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's what I got to say about that. Nearly all of today's Native Americans in North, Central, and South America can trace part of their ancestry to six women whose descendants immigrated about 20,000 years ago. And by the way, this is, you know, we've found out that all humankind comes from one woman that they found in Central Africa, who they call Lucille. So this, they've boiled down the DNA of all living uh, Native Americans all come from these six women. That's crazy. Those women left a particular DNA uh, legacy that persists to to today in about 95% of Native Americans. Finding does not mean that only these six women gave rise to the uh, migrants who crossed into North America from Asia in the initial populating of the content. The women lived between 18,000 and 21,000 years ago. Think about it. They had some fucking babies and they had some babies and this line was strong. You see yeah. what I'm saying? They were strong and hardy on the genetic level. The work was published this week by the journal PLOS One. Perego is from Sorensen Molecular Genealogical Foundation in Salt Lake City and the University of Pavia in Italy. The work confirms previous indications of the six maternal lineages, he said, but an expert unconnected with the study said the findings left some questions unanswered. Perego and his colleagues traced the history of a particular kind of DNA that represents just a tiny fraction of the human genetic material and reflects only a piece of a person's ancestry. So now they can boil, you know, our family tree down to just a couple of tiny little links in that DNA chain and then find, you know, where you go back, not just generations, but thousands and tens of thousands of generations. That's crazy. Is that fucking crazy? Six broads, man. Six hale and hearty fucking broads. And you know they were all in the same room at the same time with their men fucking them. And you know that they fucked multiple partners. They must have been like, you know, like fuckaholics. That's what I'm These six about. broads. And 20,000 years ago, man, when a chick was a fuckaholic, that's all she had to be for a living. Let me tell you. 
If she wanted sex from the second you got back to the cave to the second you left in the morning to go, you know, bonk a stegosaurus on the head, then then you that's all she would have to she would never have to work for a living. You know, it'd be really funny to get Correct a, me if I'm wrong. You know, it'd be really funny to get a call from one of those uh those uh same women from the Oh god, the Geico commercial. At the caveman, one of their wives. We like, right. Oh, that's so condescending. Right. That would be funny, though. Yeah, that would be funny. F- uh, 80605, what's our number? 646 502 If there's any cave women out there. 502 go ahead and call in and we'll Give us a out. call and, and, and blame it on Bob. You're listening to The Ravings of a Clown. It's Thursday, March the 13th. My Bella Me. Leave it where it is. Child of the sun and the sky and the deep blue sea Ma belle amie Après tous les beaux jours je te dis merci, merci You were the answer on all my questions before we're through I want to tell you that I adore you and always do That you amaze me by leaving me now and starting you
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. New York City, I love you. Procol Ham on Just Radio with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. The tea set before that, my bella me. Uh, you were the sun and the sky and the deep blue sea. Let me get a lighter. You were the answers to all my questions. Uh, and... Uh, 
I still uh, love with you. Uh, you're listening to the Rovings of Acclaim. It's Thursday, March the 13th, 2008. And uh, calling all cars, though, we're still on the lookout for uh, Luann, who has been uh, vanished off the face of the earth. Last time anybody saw hide no hair of her was Friday night. And then, you know, she said, I'll check you tomorrow, and I haven't seen her for a week, so we're all getting a little worried here. Uh-huh. Um, as you know, she's a, you know, sort of a workaday uh, head of the IT department for uh, the retards in El Paso. Uh, for the school department, and by night, of course, she runs a uh, very famous uh, online all-nude webcam review with many of the ladies from the auxiliary. And her husband is a Baptist minister in town, and uh, we fear, of course, you know, the worst. We started calling around hospitals. What's happening with that pipe over there? Oh, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Exactly what I'm talking about. Nearly all of... Uh, oh, we did this story. <laughs> We're back with the engines. You know what they love when you go out there and you go... When you pass by yeah. the reservation? They fucking love that shit. Really? From iPods to navigation systems. Wait till you hear this fucking story, Bob. All right, let me hear it. Some of today's hottest gadgets are landing on store shelves with some unwanted extras from the factory pre-installed viruses that steal passwords, open doors for hackers, and make computers spew spam. That's right. A lot of people are finding that they open their uh, um, iPods or their Zune uh, you know, device or their Palm, and it's got a virus running on it really and then they connect it to their pc and viola it's it jumps to the pc so why why is why are they well doing you that? got why because <laughs> why are they doing it because of the chinks my friend what's the matter with you these things are made in fucking china why do we have the dog food that's tainted with uh, you know uh, um, you know f- car battery fluid because they're chinks don't you understand anything? They use the cheaper ingredient. Oh, how much for that? Oh, that's a safe ingredient. That's a three cents a million pound. Uh, how much for that? Oh, uh, that's not so safe. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's made from uh, the barnacles scrape off of uh, cruise liners. Uh, two cents, uh, not so safe. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm sure. That's how they do it. I'm sure. Computer users have been warned for years about virus threats from downloading internet porn and opening suspicious email attachments, now they run the risk of picking up a digital infection just by plugging a new gizmo into their PC. Jesus. Recent cases reviewed by the Associated Press include some of the most widely used tech devices, including Apple iPods, digital picture frames sold by Target. Fucking lady goes out and get, gets a picture frame for grandma, puts a bunch of pictures on it. All of a sudden, her you know home computer's got the porn popping up. In most cases, Chinese factories where many companies have turned to keep prices low are the source. So far, the virus appears to come from lax quality control. Perhaps a careless worker plugging an infected music player into a factory computer used for testing rather than organized sabotage by hackers uh, or the Chinese factories themselves. But it's just a matter of time before the hackers uh, do uh, start doing it intentionally. Yeah. 
And this is such a huge fucking problem. People don't realize. They get the computer out of the box. They're so excited. They start running it, you know. Uh, 30 days later, they notice that uh, the subscription on the free trial version of that fucking Norton piece of crap that's been slowing their computer to a crawl uh, is demanding they cough up sixty nine ninety five in order to keep the subscription going. So 95.5% of the people say, fuck that. And they run their computer without any virus protection at all. Not even being aware that if they would just uninstall that Norton piece of crap and they download something good and free like AVG, that uh, they can keep their computer, you know, completely protected. Just such a shame. Such a shame. That's why in my line of work, I see, I would say, estimate... No exaggeration, 85% of the computers I run into on a daily basis are infarcticated with malicious software. Due to the lack of a proper antivirus software. Exactly. Nothing more. Or, or in some cases, a small percentage of cases, you've got a lot of people who are too stupid to understand when something pops up and says, warning virus, click here to get rid of the virus that they don't click there. They just click on the X because they don't know what it means. They're afraid. They don't want to start any trouble. So a lot of times people have good antivirus on their computer and they just let the shit get on because they ignore all the warnings. How's that tea coming, Bob? I don't know. As Governor Elliot Spitzer prepares to leave office, the disgraced politician faces a tangled battle with prosecutors that will send lawyers into murky legal territory. A law enforcement official said Spitzer's high-powered defense team was believed to have been negotiating a plea deal with the prosecutors over his connection to a high-end prostitution ring, but attorneys were not commenting today about the discussions. Uh, seriously, Bob, what happened with the tea? Are you for real? Weren't you going to go see to it? Yeah, I'll go see. Jackass. The legal battle occurred as Lieutenant Governor Patterson prepared to take over the state. Following Spitzer's spectacular fall from power, Patterson said he spoke to Spitzer today and told him how sorry I was that this happened. By the way, this Patterson's quite a character. He's like the exact opposite of Elliot Spitzer, where Spitzer's like this abrasive, like, dick. This guy is like, like this calm. He's blind and he's funny. He opened up his first press conference today with a joke. Just pour it in and bring it over. What can you, what can possibly be? Thank you very, very much. Jesus Christ. I need the tea. If I don't have the tea, I can't. My oxidants get a hold. This is antioxidant. Or, or, or the other way around. Patterson takes over on Monday. He'll become New York's first black governor and the nation's first legally blind chief executive. Spitzer, a married father of three, teenage girls faces a much more dubious future after he was accused of spending tens of thousands of dollars on hooahs, including a tryst with a 22-year-old call girl in Washington the night before Valentine's Day. His wife must love that. <laughs> Officials said Spitzer initially drew the attention of authorities with suspicious money transfers. So he, he wasn't even smart enough to, like, you know wash the money and make sure he was using clean, untraceable cash. He had to, like, uh, you know, move cash around, you know, like, just begging people to fucking yeah. catch him. Among the possible charges that could be brought against Spitzer, soliciting and paying for sex, 
violating the Mann Act, which is a 1910 federal law that makes it a crime to induce somebody to cross state lines for immoral purposes. How do you like that? <laughs> Otherwise known as white slavery. Because they get good girls to come across borders because rich guys pay them lots of money to suck their big, fat, bumpy, hairy, fucking blotchy, pasty dicks. That's fucking gross. Legal experts say bringing charges and getting a conviction would be unusual considering federal authorities rarely char uh, charge the uh, customers in illegal sex or drug cases. Likely outcome uh, could be what's called a deferred prosecution agreement which could leave Spitzer on probation with charges dropped if he doesn't get into any more trouble. George uh, Lefcourt, past president of the National Association of Criminal Defense Attorneys, said criminal charges against Spitzer would be stretching federal statutes to a place they've never been before. So no, it seems very unlikely that he'll actually come up on charges because, let's face it, uh, the, the politicians in our society are uh, you know just uh, treated differently than the than the average people? I'm sure. They're the the people in power have a tendency to go easy on other people in power because they think there but for a one unzipped zipper go I. And they are they and they tread very uh, lightly. You know what I think? I think they just go easy on them because they're all fucking hiding something too. That's what actually I just said in my yeah. Shakespearean way. Well, in other words, it could be me, it could be me very easily. There's an old expression: "There but for fortune go I." Except for just a simple twist of fate, that could be me. Right. Michael Jackson has refinanced Neverland Ranch. You can relax. In time to save the famed California spread from public auction that was scheduled for later this month. Jackson attorney L. Londell McMillan told Jester Radio today that the pop star has worked out a confidential agreement with Fortress Investment Group. The deal allows them to retain ownership of the Fane property. Uh, Neverland and MJ are just fine. Whew. Auction date had been set for March 19th, man. Talk about cutting it close to the bone. He has $24.5 million uh, mortgage on the property. It's a, a $2,500 um, I mean, 2,500 acres spread northwest of Santa Barbara. And this is where he, you know, he hates to give it up because this is where he has his fondest memories. This is where he raped the little children. And he sometimes he doesn't live there since, you know, his, the, he, the child molestation charges back in 2005. But sometimes he likes to go back and he likes to smell the sheets of the little Negro children that he raped. Oh. Fucking disgusting. You know, remember this one? His one looked like a Tootsie Roll. The Justice Department's Inspector General reported today that FBI abuses in obtaining personal information about Americans during terrorism investigations continued to rise in 2006. He reserved judgment on whether corrective actions may uh, w or will or will not work. And by the way, they can't compare that to the year before because they changed the way they, they counted how many times? It oh, was, yeah. It's too early to tell whether these measures will eliminate fully the problems, Inspector General Glenn A. Fine said in his second report in two years on the use of national security letters to obtain personal information. National security letters is this thing that the White House has going. It's their new speak for uh, violation of the uh, Fourth Amendment. Illegal search and seizure. So he, um, all somebody in government now has to do is get a, a special kind of letter 
called uh, a um, uh, what's it called? A, a letter of something. And with this letter, they can get, they can bug their fucking uh, t- telephone. They can read their email. They can, you know, spy on you and so on. That's ridiculous. That's fucked up. So um, uh, uh, they're called um, national security letters. So, uh, but in, in, in thousands of cases, they have found that FBI agents were using this for non-terrorist related cases just they lied because they wanted to get information from somebody they suspected of doing something and they say hey let's use this terrorism bullshit (laughs) and say he's a terrorist well you know stealing cars is like being a terrorist and so this is the second year now we've had this guy come forward and report on how many times that this has been abused and it's continued to rise House Judiciary Committee Chairman John Conyers acknowledged that the FBI has taken important steps to repair the problem, but said, I remain disappointed. Conyers says his committee would question FBI Director Robert Mueller about the Inspector General's report at a hearing next month. So we'll stay on top of that. We'll see what Mueller's got to say about it. And my prediction now is he'll say, and that's pretty much all we're going to get out of him. Probably. Mark my words. Oh, I was saying the uh, All Points Bulletin, um, be on the lookout, uh, B- uh, B-O-L-O, um, for Luann. Um, she just up and vanished, and uh, her her now we see that her uh, AOL Instant Messenger account has been live for the past several hours, for the first time in a week. So even though we've attempted to contact her numerous times, there's been no response. So we fear the worst. What I, my personal theory is, is her husband, who, as I've said many times, is a 475-pound uh, Baptist minister in El Paso, Texas, Bible thumper, mm-hmm. and professor of theology, which is like saying jumbo shrimp, you know, professor of theology. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a professor of fucking, you know, Roman mythology, same thing. But um, I believe that he, some some unfortunate, uh, no good, some harm has come to Luann, and that uh, the minister has uh, per- has perpetrated the harm, and now he's trolling the internet on her laptop looking for you know ways of covering his tracks. You see what I'm saying? That's why he hasn't been responding to us, instant messaging. Either that or she's pissed at me for some reason. <laughs> that could also be it. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. It's Thursday, March the 13th, the year of our Lord, 2003. Now, why not stop by the Jester Radio chat room and say hi to the good folks congregating there. Also, there's such a cool and interesting and fascinating and wonderful new way of getting in touch with us. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air probably a free call from your cell phone this evening please don't fuck with that dial it's a marvelous night for a moon dance fantabulous night to make romance please don't fuck with that dial it gets good it's a marvelous starting night now for a moon dance with the stars above in your eyes a fantabulous night to make romance need the cover of October skies you know the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that blow. 
You know I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know the night's magic seem to whisper and hush. You know the soft moonlight seems to shine in your blush. Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love? Love to you tonight. I can't wait till the morning has come. And I know now the time is just right. And straight into my arms you will run. And when you come, my heart will be waiting to make sure that you're never alone. There and then all my dreams will come true, dear. There and then I will make you my own. And every time. Then I know how much you want me. That you can't hide. Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love? Can I just make some more romance with you, my love?
such teeth there And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites with his teeth, babe Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe So there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, uh-huh, ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body just oozing life And someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the weight to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Not to hear about Louis Miller, he disappeared, babe. After drawing out all his modern cash And now Maggie Heath spins just like a shell Could it be our boys done something rash? Jenny Diver, whoa, Suki Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Lynn, and old Lucy Brown, yes, that line falls on the right, babe, not that Maggie's back in Got old Mackie's back. The unbelievable late great uh, Bobby Darren on Jester Radio, and the line forms on the right. Now that Mackie's back in town, it's like so fucking camp. It's beyond hysterical. It's it's, uh, it's back around 360 degrees again to great. Van Van the Man started that set with Moon Dance. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Thursday, March the 13th. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by and say hi and hanging behind the glass with my old friend Bob the Engineer. How goes it, son? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for that uh, wonderful uh, little gift you brought into the studio earlier this evening. No problem, anytime. It was a cheddar cheese bud, is what it was. Uh, now, I insisted that the marijuana must have been stored in a cheese whiz box for several weeks, right? No. No, but it's fresh. It's very fresh. It's and I've gotten this bud 
the same exact way. I know, but it could have come out of the same tin, you know? Yeah, that's true, but I don't feel... It does. It does smell good, though. I don't feel that way. Abraham Lincoln's getting a little color in his cheeks. New $5 bills bearing the gaunt visage of the nation's 16th president with some touches of color added are making their way to banks and cash registers near you. The bill goes into circulation uh, today. That's when the Federal Reserve, the supplier of the nation's cash, starts shipping the bills to banks, which send them to businesses and eventually into the hands of people like you and me. Fittingly, the new bill will be spent for the first time today at the gift shop at President Lincoln's Cottage, located on the grounds of the Armed Forces Retirement Home in Northwest Washington. It's the latest in a series of redesigned notes aimed at foiling phony moneymakers who over the years have become increasingly more sophisticated. They went out and got themselves a $200 inkjet printer, and they started making the money. That's what they call sophisticated. Lincoln, the nation's 16th president, is still on the front of the Lincoln Memorial, remains on the back. To the naked eye, the most notable difference is color. Splashes of light purple in the center of the bill that blend into gray near the ashes. Small yellow uh, OS, uh, or rather 05 numerals, are printed to the left of Lincoln on the front and to the right of the memorial on the back. The great seal of the United States, which features the eagle and the shield, will appear in purple to the right of the president's portrait. Uh, portrait and arcs of purple stars border Lincoln and the seal. It's really quite a uh, thing to behold. It looks like European. And by the way, you know, they're, they're trying to trick us because they're trying to blend the American money with the European money. Uh-huh. They've been, you know, planning this for like decades. The note will also feature an enlarged five uh, printed in high contrast purple ink in the lower right corner on the back of the bell. Big ass five. So this is like a real European kind of look. You know, this five over here? Yeah, I see it. I see what you're talking it about. It looks like British. They're trying, they're trying to sneak it in on us. The old $5 bills will continue to be accepted and recirculated until they wear out. The makeover of the $5 bill is similar to the changes that they've already done in the 10, the 20, and the 50. And the next up for the change is the uh, $100 bill. Uh-huh. That's the one that they're going to do. That's going to be the big uh, thing. Okay, so here's the story. This is what everybody wrote us about um, t- all day today and said that they were talking about at the water cooler, and that's this lady who was stuck to a toilet seat for two years. You know, you know about this story? What? So we did a lot of research, um, and uh, here's what we've learned. It is indeed one of the most uh, bizarre cases detectives in the small town of Ness City, Kansas, have ever dealt with. And now they have a new question. Was there actually a crime committed? It's a story uh, we first told you about yesterday when a man called 911 uh, about his girlfriend. When authorities arrived, they were stunned. They discovered that 35-year-old Pam Babcock had apparently been sitting on her boyfriend's toilet seat for two years straight. How was that possible? situation was so bad that the woman's skin had actually grown around the seat and it had to be removed surgically that's disgusting we pried the toilet seat off with a pry bar and the seat went with her to the hospital explains ness county (laughs) sheriff brian whipple the hospital removed it now notice by the way that the sheriff's name is whipple and the story is about a woman attached to a toilet seat now what PR department at Charmin concocted this story is what I want to know. I know, right? 
He claims the woman in question had a phobia about leaving the bathroom, which was caused by beatings that she received in her childhood, and that it was her choice to stay in there. She's an adult. She made her own decision. So she needs mental help. Her boyfriend, uh, the questions are being raised about why Corey McFarren waited so long to call anyone and whether he should be charged with a crime. He said, she's an adult. Uh, I should have gotten help for her sooner. I admit that. But after a while, you kind of get used to it. He was fucking her in the bathroom. You understand? That's what he meant. The 36-year-old antique store worker insists that the odd arrangement simply evolved over time and it got to the point where uh, he no longer thought of it as strange. It just kind of happened one day. She went in there, had been in there a little while. Next time, a little while longer. <laughs> you ever have, like, you ever been in the bathroom for, like, more than, like, five or six minutes and somebody's pounding on the door? Are you okay in there? Yeah, I know, right? Then she got it into her head she was going to stay like it was a safe place for her, he said. He claimed she wasn't sitting on the seat for two years straight. She took baths. She changed clothes, ate the food that he served her in the bathroom. Uh, he would come in to talk to her, and they otherwise had a quote-unquote normal relationship, if you understand what I'm saying. No. It's just that uh, it all happened in the bathroom. What changed? Uh, when Babcock appeared groggy and listless on February 27th after spending as much as a month sitting directly on the seat, uh, McFarren panicked. And finally called for help. Experts couldn't believe what they found when they arrived. So her skin was grown around the seat. Now, again, we're not sure what this word around means because we haven't seen a picture of her. Yeah. If she weighs 700 pounds, then uh, sure, around. But what I think I, we actually read in another report was that she had open sores on her legs and her ass. Right. And that's what was like attached to the seat. And they didn't want to pull it off. Yeah. So that's what they're actually thinking. I think that's what it's going to come down to because a lot of this uh, interest has gone on around the fact that she was attached to the toilet seat when they took her to the hospital. The seat had to be surgically removed. But it was probably because of these sores, you know. It was probably scabbed on there. It's probably scabbed on there. That's exactly what I'm thinking. The couple has been together for 16 years and McFarren is adamant that he tried to coax her out of her uh, hiding place every day uh, that she uh, took up her post, but to no avail. Her reply would be, maybe tomorrow. According to him, uh, she did not want to leave the bathroom. Babcock was in fair condition at a Wichita hospital, but her bizarre lifestyle may have uh, forever changed her prognosis. She's refusing to cooperate with her doctors or law enforcement personnel, and uh, her years in uh, that seat... It turns out now have damaged the nerves in her legs. Doctors say that there's a good chance she'll never walk again and she's going to end up in a wheelchair. Uh, so Woman is reported to have, have a, uh, had a traumatic childhood after her mother died when she was a little girl. A neighbor recalls she was always kept inside her home and was rarely allowed to go outside. So, you know, it kind of like, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah could be going on inside a house, yeah. you know, especially when the mother's dead. The local sheriff now says that the, he plans to uh, charge the boyfriend with mistreatment of a dependent adult, but others are wondering if that's just. They note neither of the duo uh, involved appears to be in their right mind, and it may just be an unfortunate arrangement among two people with diminished capabilities. Yeah, that's what, you know, we have that, a wonderful thing in this country called the mens rea. 
the state of mind, the intent. Uh, if you run somebody over because you wanted to kill them, that's a whole different crime than if you run somebody over by accident. And that's a whole different crime than if you run somebody over and you stepped on the brakes and the brakes gave out. You understand what I'm saying? There yeah. are graduations based on what your state of mind was. So if I was sharp, but the brakes failed, and that's not my fault, then it's completely, I'm off the hook. But if I do it on purpose, so it's all based on what your state of mind is. If this guy didn't mean to do this poor girl harm, uh, you know, they've been together for 16 years. It sounds like they got something going there. A couple of wackos, you know, uh, she was hiding in the bathroom, and he let her. I mean... There are worse things that, you know, two people can, you know, find solace in each other. I mean, I'd like to see her get help, but, you know, now she's refusing to, you know, anybody's help. She doesn't want, you know, maybe she's wacko or maybe she knows what she's doing. Maybe she's an adult and she can take care of her fucking self. She wants to have her ass grow into the uh, toilet seat. That's fucking disgusting. It really is. Just that image in my head. It certainly is a compelling uh, story, and I think this is why we've gotten such uh, a response today to this story. We did this story last night, and uh, right away, <laughs> everybody started writing in. Uh, where were we? What do we got? I don't know. What's going on over there? Are you stuffing it or no? Am I stopping it? No, not yet. In a minute. In a minute. Hey, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Thursday, March the 13th. Why not stop by the Jester Radio chat room or give us a call, 646-502-8600. doesn't matter how croaky your voice sounds. Uh, check this out. Bernard Kuchner, foreign minister of France and a longtime humanitarian, diplomatic, and political activist on the international scene, says that whoever succeeds President George W. Bush may restore something of the United States' bad image and standing overseas, but the magic is over. Now, right away, it's coming from a frog, so, yeah. you know. But still, we do have to heed what he's saying. This is the way the world looks at us. In a wide-ranging conversation with Roger Cohn of the International Herald Tribune, at the launch of a forum for new uh, diplomacy in Paris, Kuchner on Tuesday also held out the hope of talking with Hamas, the Palestinian faction that rules the Gaza Strip, but has been uh, ostracized by the West and the Palestinian rival Fatah because it opposes peace talks with Israel and denies that uh, Israel has a right to exist. Asked whether the United States could repair the damage, that it suffered to its reputation during the Bush presidency, especially during the uh, since the you know 2003 U.S.-led uh, invasion of Iraq, Kuchner replied, "It will never be as it was before. The magic is over." He continued, "In what amounted to be a sober assessment from one of the strongest supporters of France in the United States, U.S. military supreme uh, supremacy endures," Kuchner noted, "and the new president will decide what to do. There are many means to reestablish the image." But even that, he predicted, will take time. So U.S. military supremacy endures, meaning I'll give it to them. They're still the biggest, baddest motherfuckers in the valley. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's pretty much all you know that we got to say for them. The United States is not leading the world in anything 
in education, in uh, you know, civil rights, decency, anything. And especially uh, Mississippi. So here's to the state of Mississippi, Phil Oaks on Jester Radio. The speeches of the governor are the ravings here's of a clown. To the state of Mississippi. For underneath her borders, the devil draws no line. If you drag her muddy rivers, nameless bodies you will find. Oh, the fat trees of the forest have hit a thousand crimes. The calendar is lying when it reads the present time. Oh, here's to the land you've torn off the heart of. Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of. And here's to the people of Mississippi who say the folks up north they just don't understand And they tremble in the shadows At the thunder of the clan Oh, the sweating of their souls Can't wash the blood from off their hands For they smile and shrug their shoulders At the murder of a man Oh, here's to the land you torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another schools of Mississippi, where they're teaching all the children that they don't have to care, all the rudiments of hatred are present everywhere, and every single classroom is a factory of despair, and there's nobody learning such a foreign word as Cops of Mississippi. They're chewing their tobacco as they lock the prison door. And their bellies bounce inside them when they knock you to the floor. No, they don't like taking prisoners in their private little wars. And behind their broken badges, there are murderers and Judges of Mississippi Who wear the robe of honor As they crawl into the court They're guarding all the bastions Of their phony legal fort Oh, justice is a stranger When the prisoners report When the black man stands accused The trial is always short Government of Mississippi 
In the swamp of their bureaucracy, they're always bogging down. And criminals are posing as the mayors of the towns. And they hope that no one sees the sights and no one hears the sounds. And the speeches of the governor are the ratings of a Congressmen will gather in a circus of delay While the Constitution's drowning in an ocean of decay Unwed mothers should be sterilized, I've even heard them say Yes, corruption can be classic in the Mississippi way Oh, here's to the land churches of Mississippi Where the cross once made of silver now is caked with rust And the Sunday morning sermons pander to their lust Oh, the fallen face of Jesus is choking in the dust And heaven only knows in which God they can trust Oh
That'll do, pig. Hey, hey, hey. It's, uh, it's uh, Jethro Tull on Just Radio and uh, Aqualung. Lying in the cold sun watching as the frilly panties run. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, hey, hey. Feeling like a dead duck spitting out. So it's a story about a homeless guy that lives on the streets that, you know, is a pretty vert, eyeballs all the pretty, you know, chicks. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, dude. When I'm, when I'm working, dude, I will stop for a second. There's a good-looking chick going by. I'll stop for a second. Yeah, but he's a slobbering, snotting, homeless person that's yeah. dressed in rags and covered with snot. Yeah. So he's not like when you talk about, uh, you know, looking up for at a chick, man. They look back, right? Yeah. Sure. Usually. Yeah. These chicks, they... I actually had one the other day that went across the street to avoid us. Well, there and you And then go. cut back across the street. Well, that's what happens with Aqualung. She saw us looking at all the other girls. Crowd of more than 500 people waiting for hours this morning for a housing voucher, uh, or just the applications actually for the vouchers, were dispersed by police in riot gear in Boca Raton, Florida. What the fuck? The action uh, prompted complaints that officers used excessive tactics and housing authority officials were incompetent for their planning. Two people were arrested. Six to eight people were hospitalized for exhaustion during the deal. Hundreds of people, mostly mothers who had spent more than eight hours in line, were forced to leave the property at 2333 West Glades Road by 30 Boca Raton uh, um, police officers, including SWAT team members. Christ, who walk towards the crowd in unison, holding their police shields up. Leave or face arrest, police officers shouted at the crowd as they urged them out of the Housing Authority parking lot. You imagine these people came down, they heard they were giving away vouchers for, for housing so that they can buy a better house, uh, and the government or some other subsidizing body would pay this, whatever the coupon's worth. Yeah doesn't say in the story, but whatever it is, this is how desperate people are for fucking housing. They can't afford their paychecks, so they send their fucking wives down. And I'm looking at pictures of women running across the parking lot with their babies in their arms. And that's the kind of, and the cops following behind them with their police shields, with the riot gear. Like it was fucking niggers in Compton. Them fucking dumbass cops will do. They'll do anything. This is why. What happens? They get to act all big and tough and put their riot gear on. They especially love to do that against the innocent and the helpless. It's the most satisfying to them because they know they're not expecting it. They come and they bash their fucking heads, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Check this out. Tucson, Arizona. About eight hundred small dogs, including Chihuahuas, Terriers, and Pomeranians, were seized. From a triple-wide mobile home. What the fuck? Whose occupants were overwhelmed <laughs> trying to care for the animals. Pima County Sheriff deputies and animal welfare officials who removed the dogs also found 82 caged parrots in the home. Jesus. Uh, in a rural uh, area northwest of Tucson, some dogs were pregnant and actually giving birth as they were taken in to shelters. Are you serious? Spokeswoman for the Humane Society of the Southern uh, Arizona said 96 dogs were taken from the house Monday and another 700 they came back for on Wednesday. Another 700? There's another 700. Seven, in other words, said there were 796 dogs altogether. And this is not including the 82 parrots. You imagine when they started talking... <laughs> 
Hello, hello, hello. You know, they say there's like a tree down in Florida somewhere. Every time somebody lets like a parrot out of their cage and it flies out the window. And I know this happened to a friend of mine. He lost two of his beloved pets this way. They were like for years in the family, these parrots. They flew out the window one day and that was it. Goodbye, Charlie. They never came home. And they were worth thousands, these fucking birds. And they're like furniture, you know? They sit in one spot. You can't, like, pet them or, or play with them or cuddle with them. They're like, you know, they're like a decoration that shits and eats. <laughs> I know, right? Right? Uh, how cruel is it, too, to fucking keep it in a little so apparently cage, they So check know? this out. Apparently there's this tree down in Florida where all the, the these parrots end up in. And they say there's, like, hundreds of them. And when you walk past the tree, they'll you can hear, like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> and they all, like, nest together. The elderly owners who have not been identified were apparently overwhelmed but have been cooperated with the authorities. Um, no charges have been filed. The animals appear to have had enough food. Uh, a few of them were missing paws, some from having been attacked by other animals. Jesus. Others apparently having caught their feet in fencing outside. The breeds included Chinese uh, creesteds, which whatever the fuck those are, Laza opsas. The owners were breeding and offering the dogs for sale, but she described it as a hoarding case in which elderly people sometimes yeah. feel that uh, no one else can give their animals a good home and they can't part with them. We, we know somebody like that, don't we? Yes, we do. And we get... Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. We might have to intervene if there's any more animals. We're talking, of course, about the Jeff, who is not only uh, now has five dogs... But she's taking them on a cross-country trek through Arkansas, Didn't Tennessee, Colorado. Didn't she lose them twice in, in a snowstorm? Yeah. Two, yeah. two separate ones, right? Yeah. They ran off for an hour or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they were afraid one of them went over the edge in the Grand Canyon. Jesus. I'd, I don't know. That'd be fucked up. The animals will be offered for adoption. So get in touch with your Phoenix Rescue Group. And uh, you know, tell them, let them know you want the one from the from the uh, from the wide body. It was not a double, by the way. It was a triple wide body. Jeez. School officials have decided to go light on an eighth grader caught with contraband candy in New Haven, Connecticut. We did this story the other night. This 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 kid um, traded off for like a buck for a bag of Skittles from another kid who had extra Skittles. See what I'm saying? In his pocket. Uh-huh. Good old-fashioned uh, American, uh, you know, free enterprise. And he was suspended. He was suspended? For buying a bag of Skittles in school. Michael Sheridan, eighth-grade honor student, was suspended for a day, banned from attending an honors dinner. This is something he was looking forward to, you know, you could imagine for a long time. Yeah. And stripped of his uh, title as class vice president after he was caught with a bag of Skittles that's some kind in of school that will get the student student council. Shit he like will that. now get his student council post back. School officials said Superintendent Reginald Mayo said in a statement late yesterday that he and Principal Eleanor Turner met with the student, uh, uh, the kids' parents, and that uh, Turner decided to clear the boy's record and restore him to his uh, student council post. Michael was disciplined after he was caught buying a bag of Skittles from a classmate. The classmate's suspension will also be expunged. So apparently the other kid was suspended too for selling 
the Skittles. So the, the reason this happened, this is another one of these zero-toleration policies. They're not allowed to sell candy in school. And, of course, what they mean by that is that the school can't sell candy in school. Yeah. So there's this sort of system-wide policy, no sales of candy in school. So for one kid to give another kid a bag of Skittles is a sale as far as these morons are concerned. And they suspend the kid. They take away his fucking... I mean, it's just incomprehensible. And this is another one of these mindless fucking Christian-ass, unforgiving, not taking into consideration individuals, but just laying down the law, the hand of God. And look at the kid, too. It's not like he's... Good clean cut, yeah, right. He's not like he's he's it's not like he's fat. He's snarfing I mean, I can, out I on the skittles. I can understand if the the, the son he, of he was a fat kid, yeah, yeah, if he couldn't fit into a but fucking he's not a fat something. kid. He's a regular kid. He's an honor student. He's not a fat kid. That was my kid, and that some principal did that to my kid. I'd fucking flip a shit. Well, apparently, not only didn't they did they flip a shit, but they notified the press and they embarrassed this school district into rescinding the punishment. They fucking. I'm glad they did. That's ridiculous. Speaking of fucking people out of control, when the Duval, uh, uh, Texas County Sheriff said that he would lock up reporters from local newspapers if they kept interfering in his business, they they did not take uh, the the threat lightly. For 20 years, uh, Sheriff Santiago Barrera Jr. had done what 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 he pleased uh, with no challenges to his reign. He decided who sat in jail and when they were released. Sometimes... It was before a judge got involved. Other times it was after. I brought the sheriff's department from nothing to what it is right now, said the 67-year-old Barrera. That's why journalists are on edge about Barrera's recent threat to an Alice Echo News Journal reporter. Christopher Mayer wrote a front-page story about the arrest of the sheriff's 42-year-old son, Miguel Barrera, on charges of public intoxication and resisting arrest. According to the newspaper, when Mayer himself... Uh, called the sheriff about the story. Uh, Barrera said, if you guys keep interfering with my business, I'm going to have to arrest you. So he called to, uh, to, to get a quote for his article, and the sheriff threatened to arrest the reporter because the article was about his son being a drunken good-for-nothing. You know what I'd say to, the, you know, I'd say to that sheriff? Say fuck you! I'm gonna make something. Yeah, up. but then he'd ma- he'd make you disappear. He'd cut you up to fucking just tiny little chunks of bone. Who gives a fuck? He's some stupid fucking jerk off, redneck. He's been running there. the show there for fucking forty years. Nicole Perez, managing editor of the Echo News Journal and the uh, Freer Press, alerted the county attorney. I'm bringing these remarks to your attention in the hope that they'll remain as such. Just remarks. Perez wrote Duval County Attorney Ricardo Carrillo. However, considering considering the volatile political atmosphere in Duval County, I have no doubt that Sheriff Barrera would carry out such a threat. Santiago Barrera confirmed he made the remarks to the reporter and acknowledged the newspaper story about his son's arrest upset him. To me, that was bad, Barrera told Jester Radio. Of course, what can you do to them? The sheriff is accustomed to things being done his way in a part of the South uh, uh, in Texas where elected officials don't easily fade into the woodwork. One of the sheriff's predecessors, George Parr, is, by the way, widely believed to have been behind the legendary stuffed ballot box in neighboring Jim Wells County that swung a tight U.S. Senate race to Lyndon Johnson back in 1948. So them, them good old boys stick up for each other. Even the sheriff's threat to local reporters was mild compared with the action of a Jim Wells deputy sheriff 
uh, back in 1949 who shot and killed radio reporter W.H. Bill Mason. Barrera's tough tactics extend to politics. The sheriff arranged the demotion of the commander of a tri-county drug task force to patrol officer in December after the commander, Romeo Ramirez, announced that he uh, his primary campaign against Santiago Barrera for county sheriff. In this county of 12,000 people, he, he, uh, th- this guy announced that he was going to go up against the sheriff in the elections, and he fucking knocked him down to private. To, to, to fucking uh, to, to patrolmen from the head of a, you know, a commander of a tri-county drug task force. That's Ramirez funny. won last Tuesday's primary, but Santiago Barrera has made allegations about ir- irregularities with mail-in ballots. So far, only one incorrectly addressed ballot has been brought to the uh, district attorney. So he's complaining. The other guy won anyway, but now he's complaining that some of them ballots was improper. And when the state attorney said, show me the improper ones, they produced one that was incorrectly addressed. Asked how Barrera had managed to stay in office for 20 years, the county attorney cited the lawman's friendliness and charisma. He's a great politician and a terrible sheriff, Carrillo said. These are the people running the towns of America. The sheriff. He's the sheriff here in town. Can you imagine? Now, get this fucking story. You know about Photobucket? It's another one of these websites online where you can upload your pictures. Uh, I've heard of it. A company called Good Mama Diapers did a promotion for their diaper company asking all the moms to send in pictures of their kids wearing Good Mama diapers. Okay? Uh-huh. And the uh, Photobucket shut down the site because it showed nudity. It showed kids wearing diapers. Photo Bucket is oh, removing okay. photos of babies and diapers from its site, saying that they violate the terms of service because they depict nudity. Diaper company Good Mama Diapers sponsored a diaper photo contest on Photo Bucket, posted hundreds of photo submissions on the photo sharing site over the past 10 weeks or so. Uh, yesterday, Je- Jessica Thornton of Good Mama Diapers logged onto the site and noticed that they were all gone. She emailed Photo Bucket customer support to find out what happened. She got a reply saying, that the site recently changed its content moderation policies regarding images of children and that the photo violated the new policy which prohibits content that contains nudity. That's fucking stupid. Can you fucking imagine? We're looking at a picture of one of these kids. Uh, it is uh, unintentionally humorous response. Photo so Bucket. what, we're not going to be allowed to see the Gerber baby and nothing but a diaper anymore? Photobucker writes that uh, if only one image had been removed and described it as an image of a baby with his or her diaper falling off, exposing his or her butt, we do not allow images of children or adults exposing their naked butts. And they spell their, T-H-E-R-E. Come so the on, guy writing the letter. It's a baby's butt, dude. Indeed, there was one photo with a takeoff of the famous Coppertone tanning ad with a dog tugging on the toddler's bathing suit. <laughs> but what about the hundreds of others? They didn't even respond regarding... They only responded as if that was the one photo that they took off. What a world. Another case of this zero-toleration t- policy where people are saying, oh, no matter what it is, you know, we have a rule against it, uh, even though any normal-minded person can look and see... Uh, that this is not what that rule was intended for. Nevertheless, we're going forward. Here's a trio of Stevie's on J.O. for you. Please don't fuck with that dial. 
seems to have her day I've been in this alone so long and I'm beginning to wonder why I stand in one place a different name a different face no one's gonna see me
This time 
Lately, I've been staring in the mirror, very slowly picking me apart, trying to tell myself I have no reason with your heart. And just the other night, when you were sleeping, I vaguely heard you whisper someone's name. But when I ask you of the thoughts you're keeping, you just say, nothing's changed. But I'm a man of many wishes. I hope my premonition misses. But what I really feel, my eyes won't let me hide. Because they always start to cry. Because this time, it mean goodbye. Little Stevie Wonder on Jester Radio. I love that line. Lately, I've been looking in the mirror. I think to myself, he's not looking at any mirror. Like that uh, Bill Cosby routine uh, where he comes in, Ray Charles is in the bathroom, and the light's off in the hotel room, and he goes, what you doing? He goes, I'm shaving. And he goes, don't shave. <laughs> you don't shave with the lights out. You'll cut yourself. And he's thinking in his head the whole time, don't, no, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And he just couldn't stop himself. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan before that The Sky is Crying and Stevie Nicks topped that trio of Stevies and uh, somebody stand by me somebody for crying out loud and you're listening to the ravings of a clown this Thursday March the 13th the year of our Lord 2008 a uh Danbury officials have been notified that they're being sued by a student who was awakened in class by a teacher who made a loud noise. <laughs> Documents filed with the town clerk, a prelude to a lawsuit claim that a sleeping student suffered hearing damage when his teacher woke him up by slamming her hand down on the boy's desk in December. Attorney Alan Barry says 15-year-old Vincerius Robacher suffered pain and very serious injuries to his left eardrum when teacher Melissa Nadeau abruptly slammed the palm of her hand down on his desk. Did this ever happen to you? I don't know if you're one of these people that fell asleep in class. happened to me all the fucking time. And I had this one particularly uh, vicious teacher. He was also the uh, my wrestling coach, Mr. Slater. Years later, um, my brother Neil would see him on the homo beach in Florida and call me from a phone booth screaming at the top of his lungs, that he found out that Mr. Slater was a homo. And he used to make us chant, win, kill, tough, on the wrestling team. And then, of course, the uh, eventually he was uh, murdered by his homosexual lover. He had been living with his mother uh, his whole life. Apparently nobody ever put that together. We all knew he was living with his mother, even in high school. We knew he was a nut job. He taught a class uh, called Evolutionary Psychology. And let me tell you, man, from his perspective, this guy, you know, uh, talked about evolution like he was, you know, still living it. A Forest Lake woman has um, her mom's ashes back. Last month, a thief burglarized Michelle Saito's home and stole her mother's ashes. Two days after news media reported of the theft, Saito received the cremains in the mail in a padded manila envelope. Saito says... She started jumping up and down saying, I got him back. I got my mom back. Can you imagine jumping because the ashes came in a padded envelope? Could have been soot from the, from the guy's chimney down the block. The thief who struck Sido's home took electronics, tools, and everything in a jewelry box, including a five-inch velvet bag with the funeral name's home on it. The bag contained some of the mother's cremated remains. Police are still investigating the burglary. 
and have some leads. But it's a it's a it's a criminal with a heart. He sent back the ashes because he knew that she was going to jump up and down. A mouse intent on flying to Atlanta prompted officials to ground a plane for more than five hours today in Des Moines. A flight attendant spotted the mouse before passengers boarded the 5.50 a.m. Atlantic Southeast Airlines flight. About 30 passengers were kept waiting at the gate until the plane finally left at 11.30 a.m. The safety of our passengers is our number one priority, said Kristen Lauman, an ASA spokeswoman. Our maintenance team was called. They inspected the aircraft, which is why it was delayed. I mean, we know it takes five and a half fucking hours to get some lazy-ass nigger up there to fucking get, flush out a mouse. Lauman said she could not confirm whether the mouse was removed before the plane took off, but she said that a safety inspection was required to ensure that the mouse hadn't gnawed through anything that could cause safety issues. Lauman said all passengers were rebooked on other connecting flights in Atlanta. Atlanta-based ASL runs uh, regional flights for Delta. Police in suburban Detroit are looking for a six-foot-tall glass of Guinness. Who isn't? Don't worry, it's work-related. A green pint glass-shaped Guinness costume has been reported stolen from an East Point residence garage. is valued at $3,000 and has been flown to Michigan from Ireland to be used in advertising. East Point Police Lieutenant Leo Borowski says that it is believed to be uh, one of the only two such costumes in the entire United States. It's a costume of a of a glass of Guinness beer. Authorities say a Detroit beer distribution company loaned out the costume for Halloween. The owner of the home where the costume had been stored found out that it had been stolen after the company asked for it back. Oh, now it's stolen. Now we see. Borowski says to be on the lookout. There's no better time to dress up as a green pint of Guinness than on St. Patrick's Day. And I guess that's coming up shortly. You'll know by uh, all the songs that we play on uh, Jester Radio have uh, the word green in them. That's how you'll be able to tell. Hey, thanks so very much for stopping by and spending a little of your time with us here on Jester Radio. You know, this is the best two hours of my day, and I do hope that it's um, enjoyable for you as well. And alas, um, t the time has come. Uh, to say goodbye. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Houston, the Eastern world, it is exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating. 35 years later, here we are. Nothing's changed. Barry McGuire on JR. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. world it is exploding violence flaring bullets loading you're old enough to kill but not for voting you don't believe in war boards that gun you're toting and even the jordan river has bodies floating but you tell me Don't you understand what I'm trying to say 
Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me. So mad, feels like coagulating. I'm sitting here just contemplating. I can't twist the truth, it knows no regulation. Handful of senators don't pass legislation. And marches alone can't bring integration. When human respect is disintegrating, this whole crazy world is just too frustrating. And you tell me. China, then take a look around to Selma, Alabama. You may leave here for four days in space, but when you return, it's the same old place. The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace. You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace. Hate your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace and tell me. You know I love that organic cooking, I always ask for more. And they call me Mr. Natural, on down to the health food store. I only eat good sea salt, white sugar don't touch my lips. And 